and welcome to the Confusion to Clarity podcast. This podcast is for anybody who needs that reminder that they really are capable of achieving amazing things. Each week, we will be diving deep into all things mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. Hosted by me, Natalie, a clinical hypnotherapist, psychotherapist, coach, mum, and lover of all things mindset and manifestation. When listening, I want to give you a break from reality. I'm going to share with you the tools and techniques that you need to make your goals reality so you can stop playing small. Hello and welcome back. I hope you're all well and have had a good week. So I wanted to start today by telling you all about an exciting program that I'm launching on the 1st of May, which is called Mindset Mastery. Now, Mindset Mastery is a group membership program where you can suddenly have all the tools and techniques the understanding that you need to move forwards to where you want to be, but at your own pace and at a time that suits you. So think of it as like a gym membership for your mind and I am your personal trainer. I'm going to help you finally understand what's holding you back, overcome limiting beliefs to put you back on that track to success. So with Mindset Mastery, it's going to be the perfect resource that you can fit in and around your busy life. It's going to be fun, But also importantly, it's going to really encourage and support you to make those positive changes that you really want to make. So what's included? So you will have access to two recorded calls a month where we will be covering a diverse range of mindset topics, therapy techniques. I really do have so many exciting ideas for this program. I've been thinking about it and planning it for a very, very long time. So we might be talking about sleep one month, anxiety, people pleasing, we could be talking about manifesting. The first recorded call of the month is going to set you up for maximum success for the month ahead. I will help you to identify and set goals and targets. I'm going to teach you all the tools and techniques that you then need to achieve them and bring them to fruition. The second recorded call is an end of the month roundup. So that's going to provide you with the accountability you need to keep moving forwards. We will review your month, highlight your wins, go over what's been good. There's also going to be a live mid-month question and answer session, which is going to be like a check-in where I will answer your questions, help to keep you accountable and motivated. So Mindset Mastery is going to be held within a private Facebook group. So my goal is to create a community of like-minded people who are all on the same journey as you, the same wavelength. So if you want to find out more about it, you want to join, there'll be a link in the show notes below where all the details will be there for you. So this week's episode was inspired by a conversation I had with a client this week. So we were talking all about how little changes that we make lead to the biggest ones and how those changes benefit us, but not just mentally, but also physically allow us to glow too. So these are my four top tips to unlock your inner glow. So number one is to make your mental health a priority. We all know the benefits of eating well, looking after our physical health, but do we add the same enthusiasm and priority to our mental health? Now, I read an article a few years ago, which was all about the benefits of hypnotherapy. Now, one of the benefits that the person in the article wrote was that it made you look younger. Now, obviously, I can't officially say my sessions are going to make you look 10 years younger, but I can see what the author of the article meant. I always notice that when I get to a certain part of my work with clients, they just begin to look lighter They have like a glow about them. They've got more kind of life back in their face as if a weight has been lifted off of their shoulders, which really it has. 
When we are prioritizing our mental health, it allows us to feel calm and in control. When our minds feel calm and relaxed, then that is going to show on the outside too. So when I'm working with clients, I always help them to develop a toolkit of techniques that they can learn and utilize way beyond our time together. So why is this important and how does that help you glow more you know, effectively? How does it help you glow differently? Well, life is always going to throw curveballs our way. If we don't have the resources to push that curveball out of the way when it comes into our path, then the stress overwhelm takes hold and that glow fails to show. And we can all spot somebody a mile off that is feeling stressed because you can literally see it etched across their face. One of the best ways to keep you feeling good is to create a mindset routine. So tasks that you do daily that are an absolute non-negotiable part of your day. In episode three of the podcast, which was called Master Your Mindset, Master Your Life, I go into lots of specific detail about this. So if you want guidance around how to create your own mindset routine, go and have a listen to that episode and I'll also link it below for you. So with mindset routines, they have to work for you. It's all well and good saying, okay, I'm going to get up at 5am, but is that realistic and sustainable? Is it going to benefit you? And I speak from experience here. So I had read so much about like the 5am club, getting up at 5am, starting your day, doing meditation, clearing your emails and essentially gaining an extra two hours of your day. Um, And I did it for about five weeks. Did I feel glowy and amazing? No, I actually felt dreadful. Um, Now I'm sure for some it's a game changer, but for me, it just didn't work. Um, So this is why I say it is so important to know yourself and prioritize your mental well-being because just because something works for somebody else, it doesn't mean it's going to be a benefit for you or the right thing for you to do. It's about looking at what works specifically for you. So I found it okay getting up at five. I had horses from the age of like four until I was in my like mid thirties. So getting up, um, you know, at the crack of dawn, starting my day wasn't the issue. But was what was the issue was the fact that I wasn't getting enough sleep. So in my work, I work with clients all over the world, so lots of different time zones. So this means I do work a lot of evenings and normally my work day doesn't finish till around sort of 10 p.m. on average. By the time I finish work, get ready for bed, aimlessly scroll on TikTok, I'm joking, well, kind of. <laughs> I just found I wasn't getting enough sleep and a lack of sleep is one of my biggest anxiety triggers as it is for so many people. And I've always been really honest in these episodes. Um, If you haven't listened to previous episodes, it was debilitating anxiety that led me into the work that I now do. If you want to hear more about that, you can listen to the very first episode of the podcast where I explained in more detail where my anxiety sort of stemmed from. Um, But I know that one of my biggest triggers is a lack of sleep. And yeah, just getting up at 5am, I was not getting enough sleep. So... I kind of was like, well, I know I need to improve upon this kind of morning routine, but if getting up at five isn't going to work, how can I make this work for for me? My way around this was to get up 30 minutes earlier than I currently was. Now, this might not sound like a massive change, but often it's the small changes that lead to big, more significant ones. So in that extra half an hour, I do my daily gratitude practice, and then I either do a 10-minute meditation or a breathwork exercise. However, if I don't do a meditation first thing, then I make sure it is the first thing I do when I get back off of the school run. Um, and again, I sort of try and do 
around 10 minutes of meditation. Sometimes I do do longer ones, um, but 10 minutes, even if you only have 10 minutes, that I feel is enough to really start making a significant difference. Number two is when you get intentional with your time. Is there anything worse than feeling stressed as if your head is going to explode with all the little things swirling around in it? No. For me, being intentional with your time though doesn't just apply around work, but for our life as a whole. We focus a lot on productivity during our work day, but what about either side of that and at weekends? Staying the most balanced, functioning, glowing version of ourselves requires us to look at every aspect of our life. How are we starting our day? Are we waking up and scrolling through TikTok as soon as we switch the alarm off? Are we arriving at our desk and then spending the first 30 minutes of the day going over what we need to do? Does the lack of planning mean that we skip lunch and end up grabbing something quick and unhealthy? If we're not being intentional with our days and our weeks, then how are we making sure we're finding time to exercise and do those things that make us feel good? When our time isn't utilised effectively, we can find ourselves very quickly feeling overwhelmed, which then allows those stress hormones to flow and run the show. Habits are created through repetition, and yes, I say this every episode, Although, have you noticed, I've yet to point out that your mind doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. Don't worry, I'm sure that will come up at some point. Um, But getting intentional with your time doesn't have to involve military-style planning. But it's about being realistic with what needs doing, but also understanding what makes you happy and factoring in time for those tasks too, not just prioritising your work. So how can you be more intentional? I think first of all, it's about getting clear on who you want to be. How do you want to feel at the start and end of your day? From there, work backwards. How can you make these goals come to fruition? Start to be more organized. Now, this doesn't have to be labeling every container in your cupboard. But that said, if your physical environment is less cluttered, it really does help to declutter your mind. So how is that being intentional with your time though? Well, think about it this way, we're all busy. If our homes are disorganized, whenever we need something, we can't find it straight away. We waste time hunting for it. If everything's in its place or at least in the right area, then we're going to find it a lot easier and then save time. So I was speaking to a client this week. Um, She works from home and was saying that one of the things that she finds really hard to keep on top of whilst working at home is the housework because you kind of notice things more and I can really relate to this working from home myself. So she was telling me about an app that she's discovered that breaks down kind of cleaning schedules at home. So you kind of follow the schedule, you complete a couple of tasks each day, but what it means is by the end of the week, you are on top of everything. So I made a mental note to look into this myself because yeah, that is one area that I massively struggle with. Um, I think when you work from home and you spend so much time there, you definitely notice all the things that need doing or the kind of you know, the housework chores and trying to kind of schedule that in and work, I find that really, really tricky. When life is busy, we can get caught up in the day-to-day elements of life. So I would say initially start by looking at your month as a whole. So get out your calendar, put big events that are happening that month down. Now I'm sure to many of you listening, you already do this and it seems like a no-brainer and something really obvious. However, I can't be the only one out there who reads emails from the school, for example, and I know sees that there's bikeability coming up. Absolutely didn't do this last week, and think, okay, but well, that's coming up. Um, right, okay, read that email. 
Now, the version of me that utilizes their time effectively would at that moment have stopped, taken the one minute to then go and add that to the calendar, um, and then also make a note to check the bike was in working order. Not what I did, which was to think to myself, right, I remember that, whilst then calling out to Darcy, was it your bike that the chain kept falling off of, or was it Blake's? And then making another mental note to firstly remember, obviously, put the bikeability on the calendar, but then also check the bike. Now, I'm not preaching here. This is an area that I constantly have to work on myself. Um, But the really crazy and frustrating thing is that I know how much better I feel when I'm intentional with my time. Everything flows. You know, if we let those positive habits slip, um, then it creates that landslide of disorganization. So that is one thing that I am constantly working on myself and trying to improve. So look at your month as a whole, add in big events. When you see them come up, don't add them to your mental calendar like me. On a Sunday, look at the week ahead or if you're really organised, I always think it would be a good idea to do it on a Friday because then you can kind of enjoy your weekend without thinking about work. But look at what's coming up next week. What are the priorities? What do you need to focus your attention on? Have you planned? Have you created that into your schedule? One thing I have stuck to, which is being intentional with my time, is to meal plan and shop online. So I started this a couple of years ago and like I said, I have actually stuck to it and it really makes a massive difference to to me. Um, So I create a meal plan for the week ahead. I place my order online on a Thursday night and then my shopping is delivered on a Friday night, which I know it's a really rock and roll life I lead. Um, So this means I've got food for the weekend, for the week ahead. So I find it saves money because it's one less thing, you know, daily to have to think about what should I make for dinner? Do I need to go to the shops? Um, And it sounds really basic, but I think sometimes it's the really basic things that become the most effective. When you've looked at your week as a whole, break that down into days and use time blocking. Now, again, this is something I've spoken about so much on the podcast, but for anybody who's new, um, new to listening to this, Time blocking is where you break your day down into hour segments, essentially creating a guide for your day. So I say guide because sometimes things come up last minute and we have to be flexible. I don't want time blocking to become a source of guilt or stress. So if, for example, I know your meeting doesn't end at 10, you know, on the dot and it runs into the next hour, you know, the world's not going to end. It's really about looking at what needs to be done, not overloading yourself But importantly, factoring in time to have lunch, to go for a walk, to stop working at the right time and creating that balance. Now, it's important to be organised during the day, but I feel the most important way to really be intentional with your time is to start the night before. And that is done by prioritising your sleep and also eating properly. So no matter how great you are at planning, if you aren't getting the right amount of sleep, the right quality, then how are you going to have the energy to follow your well-structured plans that you've created? And then like I just said there about food, eating properly. If you aren't eating properly, how are you going to have the energy that you need to do to get everything done? So I really feel when it comes to being intentional with your time, sleep and eating go hand in hand and they really are the foundation for how you look on the outside and how you feel on the inside. The next one is you glow differently when you stop comparing yourself to others. Comparison is the thief of joy. So we live in a world where we see everybody's best bits. We see their wins, their holidays, how good they're looking, etc. So it can be really easy if we aren't implementing the basics mentioned above Um, looking after our mindset, being intentional with our time, 
to slip into that trap of comparing ourselves to others if we aren't feeling great in ourselves it can be really easy to look at others and use that as a tool to highlight our perceived flaws our imperfections be that physical or mental the key thing to remember here is that very few people are showing off all aspects and a true reflection of their life now with comparison it can be really deeply ingrained and it can stem from trauma or negative past experiences so i always like to point out here if you feel that that applies to you seek professional help it is the most effective way to deal with those negative thoughts and to begin to reframe them and it's an area that i work on so much with clients However, if therapy isn't for you or isn't for you right now, then there are ways that you can work on comparison yourself. So use what you are seeing online as a guide for what is available to you. Now, this is something that Rhonda Byrne talked about in her book. I think it was The Secret. It might have been The Power. It was one of her books. But she says, when you see, for example, like a really nice car driving past you, if you were to have a negative or jealous thought or you were comparing... Catch that thought and remind yourself that we live in an abundant world. So see that thing that the other person has, also that it is available to you. So let's just stick with the car for a moment. So if you had that car, how would you feel? What steps could you take to make it happen? And it's about working your mindset. If those limiting beliefs and blocks come up, you know, the yeah, but, oh yeah, I couldn't do that because your mind doesn't know the difference between what is real and what isn't. See, I got it in. (laughs) When we're thinking about how we want to be, how we want to feel, we start to take ourselves in that direction. So like I was saying in that book by Rhonda Byrne, whenever she sees something or, you know, someone catches her eye or they have a quality or something that she thinks, oh, okay, I would like that. Her immediate response is to refrain that by saying, well, I can have that too. It's available for me. So If those feelings of comparison are very deeply ingrained, that can be quite challenging. But try it, practice it, um, and just see how it starts to shift your mindset. Oh, and just as a side note there, that's just popped into my head, a really good way of combating comparison and those kind of limiting beliefs is to use subliminal audios. So with subliminal audios, they are slightly different to like guided hypnosis meditations or uh, recordings because you don't hear the spoken word, you hear the backing music, but the positive affirmations, the, the words of positivity are underneath the music so you don't consciously hear it. But what it does do is go into your subconscious mind. Now, these are really effective because it bypasses that part of your mind that I kind of call like, well, it's the conscious thinking part, but it's a bit like the yeah, but part of your mind. So if, for example, I said to you now, um, you know, tell yourself that everything always works out for you, you might initially think, well, no, it doesn't because this happened or no, it doesn't because that happened. So when you are reprogramming your subconscious mind using subliminal audios, it bypasses that yeah, but part of your mind goes into your subconscious and has a steady, steadily beneficial increasing effect. There are two subliminals that you can access from my podcast, so I will put which episodes they were in below, but one was the episode which was titled Lucky Girl Syndrome, The Law of Assumption, so don't be put off by that title if you're not 
female listening to this, it's about the law of assumption. So it's about things working out for you. It's not gender specific. It was just a, a title that was popular at the time. Um, but that's a really good one to listen to. And there's also one for self-love and manifestation. So with the subliminals, um, obviously don't listen whilst you're driving, but you can have them on in the background while you're working. You can fall asleep listening to them. I use them all the time. If I'm working and I'm not with clients, I always have subliminal audios playing in the background. And I do actually have um, some more that I'm creating shortly covering lots of different aspects of life. So I will let you know when they are ready. Gratitude is another way to combat comparisonitis. Now, it can be really easy to highlight what we want, what we don't have, but we find then we actually overlook the blessings that we do have around us. So having an attitude of gratitude really is one of the most effective ways for you to glow differently. Now, when we talk about gratitude, most people will instantly say, well, I am grateful, I do say thank you, and absolutely most of us are, but it's about going deeper than just saying thank you. It's about looking at why you are grateful for those things, um, you know, how does that impact your life? As part of my mindset routine, I have a daily gratitude journal. Um, so each morning I list out 10 things that I'm grateful for and why. And I'd really recommend if you don't do this to start doing it because it is so powerful. And if you want to take your gratitude a step further, then there's the book by Rhonda Byrne. This episode isn't sponsored by her, by the way. I just really like her books. Um, her book called The Magic, which is a 28-day gratitude practice. Now, I've done this um, a few times. Um, I did it most recently with one of my amazing clients. Um, we held each other accountable. And it's a 28-day gratitude practice. So each day, there are different areas of gratitude to focus on in your life. And it really takes it to a deeper level. It looks at relationships, health, wealth future goals so if you haven't done it I'd really recommend giving that a try and the last way that you glow differently is when you prioritize happiness so you absolutely do glow differently you look more radiant when you are happy so again this is something I talk about a lot with clients um, but one specific client I was talking to this week was about kind of happiness and when the last time they felt happy was. We can get so bogged down in the day-to-day -day elements of life that we forget to stop and do things that make us feel good. So ask yourself now, when was the last time you felt happy? When was the time, when was the last time even, you felt really carefree? You were in the moment, you were just enjoying what you were doing. So this again comes back to being intentional with your time because when you are being intentional with your time, when you're creating that balance in your life, then you are going to have time to cultivate happiness. And it's a priority. It's not something that you should be putting on the back burner. So when you are being intentional with your time, when you're making happiness a priority, it becomes something that's non-negotiable, part of your daily routine or your weekly routine. Now, maybe you aren't sure what makes you happy, and this is something, again, that comes up a lot with clients, like, well, I, I don't know what makes me happy, because we've just become so ingrained in a certain way of living. So, I'd always say, go back and look at what made you smile when you were younger. Now, of course, I'm not saying go out and buy Barbie dolls, but, you know, if you like climbing trees when you were younger, go out and spend time in nature. If you liked painting and like arts and crafts, then do some of that. At Christmas, I took my three children pottery painting and I really got into it, I can't lie. It was so therapeutic, like sitting there painting, um, like time just seemed to just pass us by. 
Um, but of course it doesn't have to be something you enjoyed as a child. It could just be making time to cook your favorite meal, baking a cake, going out for dinner with friends, or just you know having a long bath at the end of the day, but you know, giving yourself permission to use your nice products, lighting some pretty candles, and making it like a relaxing event. It could be going over old memories, um, just even looking at pictures of past, you know, happy memories can spark those feel-good hormones. I like going over pictures on my phone of holidays, although I really need to clear some off. My, if anybody else, my phone keeps telling me my storage is full. I've got like, <laughs> I've got like 10,000 pictures on my phone from like years ago. I just can't bring myself to delete them because I just like looking over them every now and again, or you have those memories that pop up. So looking over like fun days out, little videos of when my children were little, I like looking at those, um, although sometimes, depending on what mood I'm in, that can make me feel a bit sad, because you then realise how fast they grow up. But essentially, look at the pictures that make you feel good, those happy memories, those holidays. Because when you are reliving that memory in your mind, your body is responding as if you are there right now. It starts to produce all your feel-good hormones. So even if you aren't on a beach in the Caribbean, if you're looking at that picture, and you're really embracing that memory you're allowing yourself to really feel the feelings that you felt at that time your body is responding as if it's there although of course it'd be better to be there physically um i saw online once an idea where somebody created a chart of little things that made them happy so it was like a tick chart i think they had like 20 different activities ranging from like really simple things to really elaborate so they printed it off pinned it up and they ticked off each time they completed one and it gave them a real visual reminder to prioritise fun, um, gave them something to work towards, and also, like, ideas, because I think that can be half the battle, can't it? Like, you know, bank holidays, oh, you know, what should we do today? Shall we go here? Shall we go there? Or I don't know. And then you spend time debating on what to do, and then you don't end up doing things. Um, a bit like that activities chart that the person pinned up on the wall, I do actually have. It's more because I'm greedy, because um, it does tend to be more restaurants. Like if I see restaurants um, on Instagram or TikTok, I keep a list on my phone of places that I want to go and eat. There are some activities as well, but mine's predominantly more food related, um, because that's something I enjoy doing, going out for dinner. Um, and yeah, so I have like a list of restaurants that I want to go to, um, and I tick them off when I go there. So I just think it, it's good to have little visual reminders. So you get the idea. It's about identifying what it is, factoring it into your week, your month, and making it a non-negotiable element that takes just as much priority as anything else. Because like I said, when you feel happy on the inside, when you feel good, it is going to radiate out on the outside. And then not only that is it going to make you feel good, it's going to affect the people around you. Positivity and happiness is contagious. So if you are feeling good, if you're prioritizing looking after yourself, then it will have a beneficial effect on the people around you and inspire them too. So that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you also for the new reviews that have been left. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you haven't left a review yet, please, please can I ask you to do so. Um, it really helps to get the podcast out to even more people. So thank you. Have a wonderful week and I will speak to you all again soon.